KKA Radio. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another issue of Krakoa Radio. It is me, the Dowager of Krakoa, the bottom of all bottoms. Um, it's me. I can't say the Omega Bottom because someone already has that title on Twitter. But um, the Supreme Bottom, the, the legend, um, myself, Jack Henry, with my fellow co-host, Black Word. Hello, hello, hello. It's your favorite. Um, back today, uh, the seat and champion for Table Dusk. Um, hope you're feeling well. And also, um, my delicious, um, much taller than me, actually, um, <laughs> Omega Level Top himself, Dr. Showtime. Uh, welcome, one. Welcome, all. This is the leader of the Great Ring, um, the representative of Table Dawn. We have, I know we had uh, some seat changes um, this week, so we'll discuss that later. Today, we are reviewing Immortal X-Men number three, Knights of X number three, New Mutants number 26, X-Men Red number three, X-Men number 12. And Wolverine number 22. You see how this bitch just, like, powers through? <laughs> they didn't want to address it. So the people want to know, what was your first meeting like? <laughs> oh, so, okay, so me and Showtime. Okay, it's a little preface. None of us on Kokoa Radio have physically ever met before. Um, Kokoa Radio was something that I created um, last year at the Spaces Chat with Showtime. Um, we don't need to mention... Um, there in her luggage. Yep, keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and Who? me and Showtime, Showtime saw this amazing thing together, and then I decided, and Showtime also agreed, that because of all our scheduling conflicts, we need to add two more people, which ended up being Steven, Blackword, and Vontae, the wind god Vontae, to, to the group. Um, pause. Vontae is not here. Vontae is focusing on his personal life. He has some things going on right now. Vontae will be back shortly. We can't wait to see him. However, I digress. Um, so Let's talk about how never... extra that invitation was. All right, so this stuck queen, right? Wow. <laughs> Sent a full, <laughs> a full invitation. It was like a Hellfire Gala invite. Um, it was very exclusive. All I did was show up to a Spaces one day, just being the English major that I was. Um, but it was wonderful. It was ornate, gold lettering, nice trim, um, just like some pussy. It was fantastic. Thank you. Hen- Thank you. Henry sent the invites. I'm not that creative. <laughs> yeah, because, like, the thing is, like, when the Spaces chat started happen- happening, and I think the thing about Showtime and Vontae in particular is that I've known both of them via social media for years. And in hindsight... Vontae should have been added in the beginning because it would have made sense. But, like, knowing Vontae now, Vontae is a pussycat in real life. Vontae online does not play. So I was, like, more, like, nervous about it um, about asking Vontae, but then Vontae ended up, like, coming along, like, yeah, I do. Like, I mean, Steven came along in the Spaces chat, and I was like, who's this, who's this, little, uh, who's this little drag queen crying on my step? So I was like, I don't know who this person is. And so, like, Steven was very talented and very knowledgeable, and it was just really great to have someone of his experience and his nerd experience, I think, because we're also a multi-generational podcast, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people don't know. I'm the oldest at 42. Steven is the youngest at, what, 24? 27. 
27. And uh, Showtime and Vontae make up the middle. So we're like from a Generation X millennial to Generation Z. So I know we all can cohabitate space and do this great thing. Um, but yeah, um, that's how we all got here. And then like Steven suggested that we go to podcast format, which I also been thinking about as well. But Steven, you know, usually fast girls are always quick to the punch. Um, mm-hmm. Steven was like, let's do this. And I was like, all right, let's try it. And at that, and, and we, the four of us have been rocking. It'll be a year in August officially for the podcast. Officially for the podcast, but then next month is our anniversary of when the Full Spaces team came together. So, yeah, we have two different anniversaries. Just like you have uh, Independence Day and Juneteenth. Uh, (laughs) And then that other holiday in July. Yeah, Um, you know, like, so funny you say that, like, because, like, Stephen, you used to live here. Juneteenth in Brooklyn is the blackest thing like, I don't even want to celebrate 4th of July anymore. Like, it was yeah, like... Yeah, it's niggas everywhere in Brooklyn. Like, That's why I everywhere. like Brooklyn. Because, you know, I told you about me living in Manhattan. I hated that shit. I lived on the Lower East Side. Right. I wanted to fucking murder people every fucking day. And then I moved to Brooklyn. I was like, okay, this is my vibe. I like this shit. A lot of black men with white women, but that's not my, that's not me. <laughs> that's right. not me to talk about, you know? If you want to fuck a flat skin, that's between you and your right. peoples. <laughs> um, I could never... That's more like fucking a Damon, but go ahead. Mm. Uh, you were saying, Henry? It was, it was beautiful. Like, it was like, niggas, like, everybody, everybody was on the corner cooking out and selling food, or, like, then they, like, closed the block, and then the, the dispensary had something going on. The, the aunties come out with their uh, with their coolers full of, like, the, uh, yeah, of the drinks that... Those motherfuckers are powerful. Bro. I had an Afro pump for the first time. I thought, oh, this is sweet. I can have two of them. I was fucked. No, ma'am. Uh, no, I was fucked up, baby. Oh, I... yeah, Nutcrackers is wild, yo. Like, and then, like, somebody playing go-go on the street. Never hit go-go. And it, it was, it was, Showtime, it was crazy. Like, it was a crazy shit like, I've ever seen in my life. Like, it was so black. It was, so, like, what Joe just got said, so black ass. Oh, it was so black. Like, it was, you know, like, people the, like, fucked that night. And, and the thing was so weird. Even in, in, in the, the, the milieu of thousands of, of straight and perceived straight people, I didn't feel unsafe. It was really like, it was really like a really dope feeling just walking around. Everybody's like high-fiving and talking shit. And it's like, it was like a day of love. It was like really, really kind. I didn't do, I went to Falsam Street Fair that day. So I didn't do the Juneteenth celebration that was went on in um, Fort Greene Park. Um, but it was it was dope. Like the love, like was real. So I don't think I need to celebrate Fourth of July anymore. I'm yeah. good on that. I'm it's a day off from work. And I also need to like convince my family that we just we need to switch from Fourth of July to Juneteenth. But you know they live in they they from the DC area, so you know they not that woke. Mm-mm. The DC area, you know, my, my mom people in the DC area, and we just cook out. We don't. We, there's yeah. We don't my mom didn't cook out because we were mostly celebrating Father's Day. My mom almost, it was so interesting because my mom, I think, 
is catching on to like how she moves sometimes. Like I think she called herself about to go into this homophobic rant about Pride, uh, the Pride Parade because in Columbus they scheduled it over Father's Day and Juneteenth, and like mm-hmm. that's the city's fault. Like the city did that. It was like a fuck that like everyone talked about. Like, there's so many events today that like you have to leave one and go to another one to go to another one, and like yeah, we don't do that. We got the infrastructure cannot built for that shit. So it's bad city planning. And my mom was like, they always want to take everything, and then she locked eyes with me, and then she was like. I mean, I mean, it's in a respectful manner, Stephen. I was like, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> mm, mm, right. Tammy, <laughs> Tammy, I love you, man. I love you. <laughs> You're my girl. You're my girl. But you see what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> right. I don't no, know. I, I, I love Brooklyn. I want to come back. I'm excited to come back. Someone just asked me, Kwanzaa just tweeted me, asking me, are you coming back to New York or New York City? Because those are two different things. I'm like, I know there's two different things. But... It's amazing. Me and Henry, we were, I feel like we were only like three, four blocks away from each other while I was living out there. Yeah. We never, we never met. <laughs> right. So, like, again, the, the whole point is that none of us on Control Radio actually have physically seen each other, but me and Dr. Showtime met last week for the first time. And Daddy is taller than me. I'm only 5'7, so I'm short with a fat ass and good coochie. You're welcome. Um, I'm six but, foot tall. Thank you so much. Yeah, he's tall. Like, he's tall. Like, Tall, beautiful hands. I feel like Vontae's tall too. Oh. I'm only five eleven. No, Vontae's short. How tall is Vontae? We need to go see Vontae. We need to go visit Vontae. Uh, see the height comparison. Well, things like it'd be great that like once you get to New York, we'll all be on the East Coast finally. So we could, like having meetups would be much more realistic. Uh, um, and also, um, Ohio is it's technically every coast. Midwest. It's Midwest, but the way it's set up, like you gotta be here to understand what I'm talking about. Like the way it's set up, we have two different time zones, and it's set up in a way that literally on the cable, right? Turn on the cable. We have two sets of every channel because we have we're at the cusp of the time zone switch. Um, it's a weird thing. Some people don't even consider Ohio part of the mid of the Midwest, they think they were part of the East Coast. Um, there's people arguing to change it. It's not on the East Coast. That's just geograph- geographically incorrect. Listen, the anti-intellectualism aspects of the Midwest has been a talking point for the last 150 that's years. Why, you know, Kasaba, that's why I really hate when people argue with me about being from the South, and I keep telling people I'm from Maryland. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the D.C. area. I'm from below the Mason-Dixon line. I should have to keep quantifying it with the fact that I eat chitlins and I grew up next to a tobacco barn. Like, like there's a tobacco now, barn right next to my neighborhood me, in Maryland. Maryland is like the furthest north that you can be and still be considered right. south. But like, right. it's still the south. And right. Ohio is the furthest we east you can be and still be the Midwest. But it's it's mm-hmm. still the Midwest. We right. still we still uh, do very country shit. That makes no sense. Um, and we still have to fight for our lives every election because only three states here are like are blue. <laughs> only three cities here are blue. But let's talk about that. I think people don't realize that when you go to like the Midwest, Detroit, stuff like that, and all these southern behaviors that you see, that's not a lot of that comes from the Great Migration and our grandparents bringing their cultures to these other places. So like like while I may not be the most, by the way, I saw this thing on YouTube. They have a thing called pickle pig lips. It looked so Ooh. good. And, also, and, and that's all these ladies trying to, I'm thinking I'm going to order something on Amazon. Ooh, it's just, is it spicy? It, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, 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 like the Tijuana Mamas. Ooh. It's like Listen, that. my, my like daddy that. used to eat pig's feet and like drown that shit in hot sauce. So I, Ooh. you tap into some very deep, deep country lore in me. Ooh. Yeah, I want to try it, friend. I want to try it. I like I'll eat most shit. If it's, if it's spicy, I'll eat it probably. When I was, Dang, when I was pescatarian, I couldn't eat a lot. I was like, you know what? Throw something spicy in this bitch. Hot sauce, <laughs> drown it. I ran out of hot yesterday. I've been pissed since. <laughs> oh, I, I use I use uh, Grace's hot pepper sauce. My my Caribbean mm. got me on that shit. I love spicy. Mm. Oh yes, 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 yes. Grace because is good. But Henry, how was it? Uh, doing that, but yes. How was it seeing someone finally who you see naked but never have had sex with? Um, what? I'll say it out loud. I've seen every member of this podcast, uh, well, most members of the podcast naked, but only one person has seen me. Um, I feel like I've slighted y'all by that. I will submit my materials. I feel like I I owe you guys that much, even though yeah, you don't owe it's anyone tax, yeah. it's, it's tax season, bitch. We want the receipts. <laughs> it's because um, also I kept getting... I, Every single time I've ever shown myself naked, I've always got the same comment. You have a pretty dick. And I do. I do. Well, it's well, Steve, gorgeous. Confidentially, confidentially between us girls, um, when when I realized how tall Showtime was, I did start doing some math about how his dick would lay to the size of his. And I did find that Showtime does have a big penis, even though I have not seen it in, like, in my hand. or in I mean, if Showtime is tall and skinny... It's a default. Your dick is going to be big. I feel like he's that's not, the, not skinny, he's not, bitch. He's not skinny. I am not skinny. Like he, he's like. Let me say this. Showtime is not skinny. He's not thick. He's dense. He's a mm-hmm. very dense, like he has really thick legs. Oh, I was sizing daddy up. Like I didn't even know what the fuck. And and then and then so Showtime likes to eat. Mm. That's mm-hmm. my kind of talk. That's my eat kind of and talk. drink. Okay, okay. Let's talk about Showtime. First of all, Showtime. I made an amazing cocktail for Showtime that he's never had before. I took care of my man, but Showtime has expensive taste as far as tequilas. I was all uh-uh. that was your friend that came and sat down next Don't to me. It was like you should try <laughs> this, this, and this. I was like, all right, girl. So let's order drinks then. Liam, Liam was was this non-binary, um, this non-binary um person who I want to say um dates other dates dates women, and Liam is Asian, amazing, super super sweet. And I met them that day right before I, right before you came to the bar. And no, I met Liam the day before. Liam was super, super cool. And somehow these motherfuckers are drinking Classe Azul, the Reposado with the white, with the white box. Steven, that's your friend. That's your friend. You bitches are and, built and, brand new. And, See, because I don't and, even do white liquor like that. To, my friends keep putting it in my face. Fair, and like, it was fucked To be up. fair, my job paid for all of my food and beverage choices while I was there. So mm. it was fucked up. That was fucked up. The bitches yeah, in medicine I, be getting taken care of. That's what I've been hearing from one of my woldies right now. Is mm, that's a, that's that's a good taste. Steven, it Run was that so, bill Steven, up. Steven was so bad. He was like, "Okay, we got. I got to leave. I can't. I got to leave before it starts to hit me. I got to go." It was. It was. got to figure out the MTA. You got to hop on the MTA. Drunk all your ass. And also. I participated like regular ass New Yorkers do in uh, riding the MTA because. Listen, those li- Ubers and Lyfts out there in the city—they will—they t- will run your ass up. Mm-hmm. 
And um, also, y'all New Yorkers with your with your subway stations that the up and down uptown and downtown sides aren't even in the same entrance. Yeah. Oh no, not at all. I had to go figure it out to get lost at least twice. (laughs) I didn't realize that I had to catch the uptown train from a whole different entrance. So I went in Uh the downtown side. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Ended up getting getting uh-huh. in there realizing I was on the wrong fucking side because it's not like to go see, back out like, and they wanted me to pay again and let me yeah. tell you I didn't pay again you gotta that like, shit <laughs> it's not like DC where shit. like every station has an opposing <clears throat> type enter in one entrance it's not like DC like I learned that the hard way in New York too listen I didn't realize that about the the uh, stop that I had to get on I was like god damn then I had to go to each fucking corner to figure out which fucking corner I needed to be on. Why did you yeah, give him? Why did you give him directions, Henry? He had Google Maps. <laughs> Google Maps told me to enter <laughs> on <laughs> the corner I entered on. Uh, I don't know what to tell y'all. <laughs> Bitch, I'm a really nice AKA stopped me and was like, <laughs> "Do you need help? You look lost." I said, mm-hmm. She's like, that's the one you want to go to. I said, thank you. <laughs> you have See what I'm saying? Life. New Yorkers are very nice people. We're, I'm sorry, we're very kind people. We're not nice. It's very Iraqi about it. Very Iraqi yeah, about it. Like, tons of people walk by me looking lost as hell. Nobody and I wanted to. I, the, I one point, the best thing about New York is mind your fucking business. And- <laughs> yeah, I was going to figure it out eventually. I've seen people trip and stumble, and I stepped over their bodies uh, on my way to go do whatever the fuck I was doing. I don't know you. It's the opposite, because yesterday I saw a man collapse, and, like, literally the whole fucking street stopped. And everyone helped out the car. Said, like, are you okay? People walked out of the store to go help him up. Someone bought him a free bottle of water. I was like, I love the hospitality of Columbus. I love it. I love it. I've watched somebody on the New York subway get on the subway, sit directly across from me, not wearing shorts, not wearing drawers. I watched his dick get hard, and he started jumping his dick across me to get my attention. And I, I said, you know what? I'm not doing this today. And I, yeah. I turned. How did you find? How did you find the subway? The subway jerkers. How did you find this? I never found them. I was never so around dumb. when they were like all. And he was white, so that's what made it worse. So like, no, see, what are you like. Doing, sir? That's that. I had a black. It was really weird. Like one night, I was like, of course, like I usually have my comics with me on the train, so I usually read while I'm on the train. It's, it's great. Like it's a great time to read comics. It's like I get like all my back issues that I can't catch up on. My train can be. I put I put a I put a I put a a whole set of whatever books it is in my bag, and I read those on the way. But one night, I was reading something, and these guys got my attention. It was like. Oh, you're reading so and so. I love that book. And then before you know it, like one guy was sitting behind me and talking to me, and then like directly across from me, the guy like was like he whipped out his whole dick and was just jerking off and looking at me. And I'm just looking at him like, what is going? On? I was like, what is going? And it's so bad because he was like he was like he was cute, but I was just like, you with this really swarthy looking white guy? I don't know what's going on. So I like, really felt weird. Um, he had a pretty dick too. He was dark skin. I love a chocolate man. Love a dark skin man. Um, 
and he just like was jerking off. And but the thing was so weird though, was like the train was not at all empty, not even like lightly. Like yeah, that that be what gets me is that like how are you doing this so fucking publicly? And I get it, it's like people get off on public sex or whatever, but like. These are places where children can see you, and that's what I have an issue with. I agree. I don't particularly care if it's a bunch of adults that see you. I don't care. Nobody's going to... People may be like, feel a way about it, but like, at least it's not children. Right. And 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 I agree, but the thing that's so weird about New York, no one ever flinches. Like, really? And, and, I, and I, But usually, like, in those situations, I have never really ever noticed children. All right, so uh, we want to get into Immortal X-Men number three. Uh, so, ratings. It was gay as hell. 10. <laughs> yep, I gave the 10. 10. Gay as hell. 10s across the board. Gay as hell. 10s across the board. 10s across the board. Listen, um, Destiny is in love. <laughs> and they put they put this big ass lesbian ass kiss right in the book to let y'all know these are some girls that like girls. Listen, the reference like Mystique, like, don't try to make me laugh. The only person who has ever made me laugh is Destiny. I didn't include in on the fact that that's a reference to that old like uh postmortem issue where like uh Misty has to go scatter Destiny's ashes because of prophecy. And she she's like, Destiny used to say that like, before, like one of these days, she's going to make me laugh. And she threw the ashes off the yacht, and then, like, the wind blew it and threw it in her face. And <laughs> I was like, and then she started busting out laughing. That moment, <sighs> these fucking sapphics. I love some sapphic love. It's giving first kill. Um, supreme lesbianism. Love it. It's the L word right in front of your face. So... In addition to the love story that we very obviously get um, mm-hmm. about Destiny mm-hmm. and Mystique, we also get a lot of like information that Destiny um, is able to ascertain throughout this whole this whole issue. She figures out that Sinister has cloned Moira and is using mm-hmm. that um, to go back in time to reset things. But she's also realized that. At some point, she's going to lose Mystique. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know how to tell her that. I think it's also more than that. Like, there's it's a big complexity. It's like some parts of it, she's like, every future I see where all this shit is going down, you're not there. So it's either Mystique surviving is a nexus point that needs to happen, or, like, it's saying that, like, the likeliness of you surviving is actually just nil. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. It's, it's tragic. Um... That fucking bitch Myra getting in the way of things again. Um, and yet she needed to survive. So you see, I like how it set it up to the, so you know why Destiny don't fuck with, with Myra. It never did and never will. <laughs> so you ruin every fucking thing and I can't even kill you. So uh, is, is this Phoenix Force Exodus? Well, things like... Right? So... So there's a lot going it, on. So like, it's this panel, and this panel right here, there's a little phoenix sitting in the corner. So there's a phoenix return, and I think this has a lot to do with what's coming up in uh, after the accident. But then mm-hmm. when Exodus is talking to 
whoever this sinister is in the future is also a little phoenix sitting on his shoulder. So he's not Phoenix Exodus. He's Ascended Exodus. Right. Who's more powerful than the Phoenix. Because, like, he's already a mega level mutant. I'm pretty sure his telekinesis, he's ascended to a different level. But Cause he made a he, church empire, yeah, around yeah. himself. But his his speech bubbles are in yellow with white with black writing, like the Phoenixes is always. I I do think that like some of these Krakoans, some of these mutants in general, this timeline keeps moving on. I'll go to ascend to like godhood, especially what we've yeah. seen in um in um Legion of X about like deities, and because and, and things are like it makes sense for X because he's such a theological mutant like he believes deeply in in some level of theology so him Mm -hmm. becoming a god is like apropos almost and like i'm kind of here for it but i'm glad that destiny knows that sinister is really the real problem in all of this Mm -hmm. and he's like more was a problem and we got rid of her mutation so she knew her individually was no longer a problem so they think but then someone else is still using her ability. This is why right. you don't let flash scans in on the meetings. Shit, Charles. This is all Charles's fault. All of it. See how all roads read back to that bald motherfucker? Everything they that he does is stole wrong. His, they should have just stole Sinister's uh, shit and let Beast take over. Because did, didn't isn't that how Dark Beast created the Morlocks? Some weird-ass retcon? This like, from because like he came from the um from the age of apocalypse and they said that he created the Morlocks because he was because when he was dropped through through the Mkron crystal he arrived much earlier than everyone else who just stayed in hiding same thing that Sugar Man did too but X Men and Holocaust came up in in the present time so yeah it's different very so yeah so Dark Beast went to the past and created the Morlocks so he could have just taken Beast could have just figured out that shit. And also, I like how this issue specifically. You want a war uh, criminal? Yeah, I like. I we'll get to that in the mutants. So how they actually addressed it in a good way. But in this, I was looking at the timelines because someone I was talking to Christopher in the DMs about like my OC that will be dropping soon for the Hellfire Gala, um, mm-hmm. and how I love and respect passive powers. Not just because I'm a Charmed fan, and Phoebe was the baddest bitch up in there, and she had passive power. Um, like, Christopher was like, I hate passive powers. I don't like future sight. I don't like any power that doesn't have a physical representation. And I'm like, this has been the most interesting issue yet because it's Destiny showing you the mechanics of why she's so important to the landscape of right. the X-Men. And also, like, on a meta level, they gave you a sneak peek about what's coming next because yep. we know what timeline can't be avoided. She says, these are the possible timelines right now. Of these, we only know one that's getting an event, Judgment Day. So that means of Judgment Day, we have four potential sequences that's going to happen. Either we're getting the Nimrod extinction event, which we don't know what the fuck that means. I read it first. I thought, oh, so the Nimrod's going to be extinct. It's like, no, it looks like we're about to get another genocide. Then it went the Empire of the Red Diamond, which is basically a Sinister Wins edition. But, um, but, look, but, look like, but it looks like he, it's really, oh, no, I'm wrong. Go ahead. And then after, if the Empire of the uh, Red Diamond wins, then we get the Storm System, which is the most interesting title here. Um, I'm very interested in finding out what the fuck that means. Uh, then we get the Broken Sword event, and then the new Kokoa. 
So this is another way for the ex staff to show us kind of like what they have cooking. Which one is y'all? Which one of these paths y'all want to take after the judgment day? Because I, I don't want that sinister one. You can keep it. But afterwards, we got to go through our sinisters to get the storm system. I no, thank you. I don't want the sinister one at all. You can keep it. You don't want a storm system. It sounds like it's a downfall afterwards, right? Of the empire, because the thing we saw with Exodus the God—that's like that's not even in the uh, Judgment Day event. That's in the Carnival of Talia, Carn- the Canticle for Talia. What the fuck does that even mean? Who's Talia? Is there a Talia character I just don't I know will. about? That's what I thought. Is Sinister's wife named Talia? I have so many questions about this about this thing. Like, my question is, are all these things happening like on the first on the first level? Like the, the Spark Inquisition, that's definitely something from Legion of X. Judgment Day is definitely the Axe event. Code Dissolution. Ex, the, like the Nimrod Extinction Events is like the inevitability in, in all these timelines, except for the Spark Inquisition. Cassandra's Supernova, the Reign of Apocalypse, Legion Seven, and the Canticle of the Canticle for Talia. But then they have the AVX after that. But we already had an AVX. But this is AVX Six. What does yeah, that mean? it means another Avengers versus X Men event, which I think that's a hit that like in the path. It seems like it's the path where mutant supremacy wins. Um, so it's like I feel like that's another way of saying like this is the Iraqis' intention of the world of like mutants conquer Earth. Uh, so of course it would be an ABX event. But Judgment um, Day is definitely happening. Judgment Day. This that's how we know we're not getting any of these other paths. We're only getting Judgment Day, which means that this, the Nimrod Extinction event is basically the Orcus wins timeline. Um, the one that um, that Omega Sentinel came back to, well, to well, insist but, on. But the thing about, like, did she say, like, most of these timelines end in death? Mm-hmm. Well, the... Yeah. She said they, they, they end. There's She can't see past them. And which means Sinister died in them. And so the timeline got reset. Mm. And so she was trying to find the main consistencies. And the main consistencies are two things so far. One, Mystique dies. And two, Sinister dies. And so that's like, it's really important. Like, it's also showing how she kind of, it seems like how she figured out Myra was the issue in the first place. Cause she's like, in all these possibilities, it seems to be everything ends when this person dies. Cause Myra's mm-hmm. power is like bane to the clairvoyance. Um, so yeah, I have no idea. I feel like Judgment Day might lead into the new Krakoa. Right. Um, a broken sword can mean a bunch of shit. We know Judgment Day is somehow going to involve the Phoenix. Yes. You know, the Phoenix always comes with rebirth and renewal and another step forward for the, the X-Men. Yeah, I'm really curious. Also, the thing that was also funny here is that, like, uh, uh, the, what do you call it, when, like, the full circle moment where Kitty's like Professor Xavier is a jerk is a jerk energy. She's like in the same pose. <laughs> like, but then, but then, but the thing is like I really find it really strange. Professor, as you sit here calling out Mystique for the choices she made, and she's low key about to save us all. Mm-hmm. Her actions saved you. It doesn't matter that she went against the system because we have things in place. You're just saying that because your boyfriend left you. 
Right. You have no man. You have no girl. You're by yourself. You have no allies anymore on the island. No one really fucks with you. You I hope. I hope that like um, Gillen, when there's the moment where everyone has to turn on Chuck because it's going to happen and it needs to happen, I hope they stop having Storm be silent in these these meetings because there's so much going on here that I'm like, it feels like a disservice to the character of Storm to not have her point out the hypocrisy going on because there's plenty of hypocrisy. You're talking about, if I'm to believe IVX happened and in the IVX, Storm held herself accountable or half the shit that went down, even though she shouldn't have. But it was just, I'm the leader. It happened on my watch, so I'm going to hold myself accountable. All this shit is happening on Chuck's watch. And he's, like, just passing the buck of who to blame. He's like, it's Mystique's fault. She went against us. She sabotaged the entire system. And, like, she did all the right things, like passing the buck to Hulk, because realistically mm-hmm. speaking, Xavier, you should have nothing to do with the Files Resurrection Plan. You don't need to be there. It's just mm-hmm. you micromanaging and inserting yourself into a mythology that you don't belong. It's not the six, it's the five. Right. It's like, it's very much um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness had it fucked up because the thing they kept saying about Strange, which he has to always hold the scalpel, is actually the characterization of Charles Xavier. Yeah. It's also Stephen Strange's. Yeah, but we're, we're we're talking about that in a different context because there's so much other fucked up shit about Stephen Strange. I don't think his number one thing is that he's a control freak. I think there's more to it than just that, um, which is why I love to hate him. Uh, <laughs> but I just plain old can't stand Charles Xavier um, because this entire scene of him trying to force a vote, I think it's because I did model UN, my model United Nations, and I was in the exact same situation that Mystique was in that I really resonate with her right now because mm-hmm. it's like a person. If you ever did model UN before, there's like personal issues do get brought to the table. I was the chair for a day and this nigga tried to initiate a vote to kick me out just off of any basis. He said, oh, he's abusing his seat, which is a loaded statement because like you got to prove it. But all you need is everyone to vote for you to get out and then you're out. Robert's Rules of Order. Yeah, exactly. And so the power of a veto comes in handy. They waited, legitimately waited for the day that Russia was not in there, my only ally, to do this shit. And then the dude walked in late, almost as though I planned that shit. I lied and said I did, but I didn't. He walked in late one day. I was like, they're about to uh, vote me out of the seat. He was like, huh? Okay, veto. And I was saved. But people do this, and politically, it's a bitch move. Um, And it's just ridiculous. I don't know. I'm happy that in the same fashion, Destiny strolled on in last minute as if she didn't just diarrhea out a bunch of prophecies and revelations and when mm-hmm. this is not continuing <laughs> right but i also like how they started that meeting with a with i like the the dichotomy there that hope was saying why do we have state secrets about stupid shit yeah um, like <laughs> asking the real questions and then <laughs> like then she pointed out uh, Charles, she tried to call out Charles for something he didn't do that ended up being Mystique. But, like, Mystique had a point that Hope should be in charge of how the, the five operate and not not the random telepath that happens to be there that day, because it's not always Charles. Right. He's not even yeah. sufficient at it. He just has a cerebro. Right. Right. He's the one that backs up everybody, but you don't have to be the one that brings the, brings their mind back to their body. I can, you can very easily turn that on him and just go, we don't know what you're putting in. 
Because you don't. That's the fucked up thing about the, re- the resurrection cycle is that you don't know what they're putting in. And that's why I only consider, not because I was reading these X-Men comics, because I was reading Eternals. And mm-hmm. that idea of, like, we reset you guys every single time you come back. You find out the truth, you throw a huge hissy fit, and so we kill you, and then we bring you back without the memory every single time. And we're not going to stop. And that concept kind of muddies the water of, like, the resurrection protocols in general. You don't know who you can trust, especially when someone who's in charge of this process is a political figure. But also, the five do the same thing. So, like, they were accidentally bringing back people slightly different uh, than they originally were, which is the whole concept of how Sink came back with his powers uh, Mm -hmm. amped up, which is how... um, Laura Kinney came back and now she has a full adamantium skeleton because Proteus didn't know that she didn't. He have fucked a full up. Adamantium. It was too late. <laughs> he was like, she, she doesn't. She's not. She like, doesn't. That not make like any Loki. sense. <laughs> said, it don't make no sense. It don't make no sense whatsoever. I was like, okay, I. She just He's got like, it now. You're welcome. Oh well. She but the same now. thing. I thought the same thing was like a biological reaction. His X gene enhanced itself in reaction to the environmental yeah. standards. Um. I don't know. I I did like the little tidbit about the relationship because whoever wrote this has an understanding of relationships that's more realistic. It's like Destiny is like, I'm the only person who can calm Misty down. And the situation, I know exactly what I would do. I would touch her hand and give her a reassuring moment and she would do it anyway. And that's why I love her. I was like, you are going to politically fuck us if you do it. And I love that you don't give a fuck and you're going to do it anyway. Right. So you all are raising your fucking voice at me as if I didn't do something that in the end saved all of us. Right. Charles yes, did that, it too. Charles didn't tell us any of us. Shit. Exactly. I was like, you had the whole Myra situation. You lied to everyone about it. You manipulated everyone about it. You manipulated me over it. And yet you want to sit here and say I was fucking with the systems of their government. You've been doing it since the start. Miss Mamas. Oh, I love this comic. <laughs> I love this issue. This is the girls fighting everywhere. Because I think like because it, it seems like we're getting inside of like what it's like to be in Congress versus mm-hmm. like the actual like we're getting like what's happening behind the scenes while like you know these things are going on, but like we're actually like unpacking the like stuff that's really going on at the council. And I think that like getting a front seat of the council was like the the smartest thing they could do. Now I need them to do the same thing for uh X for uh for the Great Rings. I like to see what them niggas is talking about. Well, that's that's what, the next um, issue. That's the next issue that's though. That's what X Men Red is. X Men Red, the next issue, X Men Red, they're gonna get some political shit. Uh I saw the preview before we even get to it. I saw the preview of it, and it was just like finally having Aura Serata at the seat. Table dust, the table, the seat of law is gonna bring some drama to that bitch. Cause she sat down and she went. When we- when we get there, we'll talk about it, but, like, Table Knight also has a part to play that we haven't realized has been there the entire time. But we'll get there. We'll get so there. We have to get there by moving on to the next book. So do we yes, have anything? Yes, 10 out of 10. Um, I love Emma serving as the only person really here for politics. Uh, and how she just... Officially, she sees all the power. Like, right. each of these little situations are little tiny detonations. Like, she... She surgically just amputated whatever Destiny could do. She now has completely invalidated like all of what Charles is. I think the next step is to look over at Table Day and uh, not Table Day, they're the uh, summer table, right? Gene, mm-hmm. or formerly Gene. Now it's Hope, Storm, and Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. It's Colossus, Storm, and, and Nightcrawler. 
You're right. Uh, you got it. Um, that table has the most. I think the most wild agents in the entire in the in the entirety of the whole council because you never know what the fuck Nightcrawler be voting on his instincts nine times out of ten. But like Colossus is still a double <laughs> agent, also we we still have double agent. Have. And Storm just, I don't like that she never speaks in these situations because I don't know why she votes certain things a certain way. She just be voting just like on moves on the vibe, you know. She go she'll vote for a Charles nine times out of ten. She don't ask any questions. She don't challenge shit. She's just there until she gets to get up and go back to Araco. <laughs> I mean, mood, to be honest. You want my vote? Here's my vote, child. Whatever. <laughs> I thought you about to start abstaining from votes like a lot more lately. We'll see it. But, oh, no. Excellent comic. Fantastic. Great vibes. We love lesbianism. Uh, <laughs> what's next Speaking on the up, the next lesbian couple is Knights of X. <laughs> Number three. The butches are out. Um, right. I have to give an honest uh, score about this one. Go, go ahead, Steven. I gave this issue a six. Ooh, I gave it an eight. Um... I gave it an eight. I gave it an eight. My score was so low because I feel like the pacing for these comments are off now. Like, I get we're on the adventure. Um, we're going on a trip in our favorite rocket ship. I get it. I like the individual but, moments. <laughs> but remember, this is Teeny Howard, and she tends to write more for a trade than she does for individual issues, right, which is and- fine. But we're reading them as individual issues. Yeah, individual issues. And I'm like, I'm waiting for like the official trade sequence should be next issue where officially I'll have everything in front of me. I can go through it and go, what's going on? What's like the whole vibe? What energy are you giving me, Teeny? Um, but for right now, I feel like we have so many characters not doing a lot. And so when certain things happen, it doesn't feel like that their attention gets the amount of breath it needs. Like, maybe if this issue was a complete, like, this is an all-gamut book where we're going to break it down, or, oh, we had the last issue that they are gearing up to do things. It feels like they finally got the notice of who would be allowed to stay in the X-Men comic, and they went, okay, now we can fucking kill Gambit and bring Rogue in. Now Rogue has something to do. Now their positions are switched. Where originally last issue, Gambit was chasing to save Rogue. Now Rogue's gonna come into the team and she's chasing to save Gambit. And also Shiro will be there. Right. Because the thing that like the problem that Knights of X has that the, the X-Men doesn't is that while X-Men is still a team book, Sync is the center of the story. Mm-hmm. And everything revolves around Sync. Like if you, yeah. you, go, if you, if you go back and look at all 12 of the issues. Everything has something to do with sync to some extent. Everything, mm-hmm. everything is monumental in sync's life. This is like it's almost like we're looking at the story through sync's lens about what yeah. he But Nice of X is kind of so disjointed. Sometimes it's really like what's going on. The thing for me that really sold me the issue was getting a little bit more background on uh, Absalom or Cater because I'm really curious mm-hmm. about what that T is, and and also um, them talking about somebody else was going to die and ended up saying that it was Gambit that died. That was like. But, like, didn't y'all really set this team up to be, like, 10 and now y'all killing somebody? It was very, like, why are we doing this? 
Like, and I get, but remember, they keep picking up members as they go along. Yeah, so they just really picked weird. up Jim Jaspers. I think what Teeny is doing here is definitely in the tradition of an Arthurian legend of like people will die, but people will join the team. Like if you, more closely, like if you more popular is a journey to the West where motherfuckers just pop onto their, their party and then vanish and then pop on the party and vanish. Um, these characters are kind of offloading. And I like X-Men because it's important that you have Sync be the center of attention because mm-hmm. in the back of your mind, you never realize Sync has never been an X-Men. Mm-hmm. This is his first shot, and this is the most important one. So, right. of course, you get moments of uh, Scott going, I'm going to defer to you. What are you? Where are you going to say? You're the jubilee of this team now, but I'm going to give you a lot more attention. Or Gene, like, walking him through, like, this is what it looks like to be a telepath. And, like, I'm going to teach you how to get in touch with your emotions. But also, I've died before and come back to my husband, or my former husband, my former love, with a completely different circumstance. I know what it's like to vanish for long periods of time. And you come back to a world that you thought was standing still and it's moved on. Like, literally, the Gene and uh, Sink have a lot in common in terms of that. And that's why their relationship looks really nice. And then he doesn't really populate with Polaris and Sh- and the rest of them. But then you get moments of, like, Shiro and, uh, and Sink popping in as, like, working together excellently on a team, on a field component. Right. I'm not getting a lot of that in terms of this. Right. I just get Betsy struggling through a bunch of shit, explosions, giant robots. I'm not feeling the moment as much as I want to. But then there's individual things that pop up, and I go, I love this. Like, I thought Death would be doing a lot more in this issue. Right. And also the thing, too, that I really enjoyed seeing was actually, like, uh, Megan going beast mode with her abilities. We rarely ever see Megan in action like this. Even, like, when she was in the Excalibur book back in the 90s, the, uh, Volume 1. You know, we, re- we rarely ever saw her wild out. She's always been such a companion of Brian Braddock and such, like, his girl versus a character. So, like, now seeing her independently, not with her daughter, not with Maggie, not with Brian. She's just, like, out here, like, this is my land. She is basically the storm of other of mm-hmm. other world. It was, like, she really showed up and said, that. bitch, I control this shit. Right. Like, she, she was, like, she was, like, she, like, the Natalie Nunn of, like, other world. Like, this is my town. I run other world. Like, mm-hmm. she's not, like, she's not here for any shit. So I like to see her, like, she used her abilities really well. Um, I'm very curious, like, you know, what her abilities would mean in, in, in you know, the actual world that she exists in, in on a 616 for Cole, what that would look like. Um, but the thing also that's missing from the book, too, that a lot of the other X-Books have in general is that Kokoa is about combining abilities and synchronizing to new, to new levels of unity and what that looks like. And no one in this book is is using their powers together, except for the one time that Betsy and and it wasn't even like they were using powers together. Rachel basically boosted her tele, her telepathic reach, but it's not like they did anything magical with their telepathic abilities. And the thing, and also the thing too about calling uh, Rachel uh, Ascani in the book the entire time is also really interesting for me because mm-hmm. that timeline was dissolved. Her identity as Mother Ascani doesn't exist anymore. Well, it's also I interesting. like Ascani as, as a code name for her rather than, or her mutant name rather than Prestige. Prestige. That's such a gay name. She's such a lesbian. Uh, <laughs> but it's so, but it's it's so a lesbian know, moment. But you know what I think I like, really hate about her being a lesbian now is that, like, in her timeline in the future, she, you know, 
marries Franklin Richards and they have a child and they have Hyperstorm and all other stuff. It's just like, and I'm not saying that like she could not have been a bi character all this time, but sometimes retconning uh, heterosexual char characters into like queer characters is really starting to get weird for me because I'd rather than but, all... it's a bit I, more complicated. I, I would argue I think. that she was gay the whole time. Yeah, because like just because like. You do you do different things when you're in the closet. You know, I think we all know that. Right, you know, right, you try right, things right. out. She I had think... that awful relationship with Nightcrawler. She had <sighs> uh but she's always like sort of low-key Rachel has always sort of low-key dated Betsy or Kitty or Magic. Like they've all sort of like been there were only three lesbians in the Xavier Institute. It was they were bounced between each other because Storm only had eyes for either if it wasn't T'Challa, if it wasn't Scott, if it wasn't Forge. Maybe that one time with Angel, but you know, I would I think Storm would be cute with with Conan because she hates Betsy. Yeah, <laughs> with current Psylocke, she's like oh, I didn't like the British you. That wasn't cute, right? This Japanese version, we could do, we could do it. Storm loves Asian women. <laughs> um, Asian women that love to kill. Exactly, exactly. That's her whole vibe. I said it before, Storm loves a warrior, and when I said that, someone was like, "Who about Forge?" I was like, "He's literally a soldier. He's a veteran. He, he fought several wars. Just because he's a nerd now doesn't mean like he's not with the shits." Um, he hates his culture, but that's neither here nor there. That's a wild moment. We we don't have the time to unpack that. But <laughs> um, I think fundamentally, what I need from I like I I would even accept like them going back to the basics or giving us more of the villain moments in these stories so that we can see more pronounced like Merlin being a fucking asshole or like the the abusive dynamic that he set up for Arthur to be feeling this about his own child. We didn't have we haven't even centered Mordred a lot, which I'm like, and we're talking about this is a book about mutant magic center a mutant mage a bit more but not not um victor 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 i feel like he's too new at it he's doing a and lot of big shit now he is he pulled a fucking druid out of, out of nowhere and i was like okay all right it's a little cute moment i know what spell that was it's a D, &D spell what he just did there's a whole spell in it for a druid to make a shillelagh but <laughs> wow i was like Teeny, she she filled this book with a lot of D and D references. That like even the finale of the previous book of Excalibur, the anti magic shell that Merlin made around the kingdom. That's a that's a ninth level um, wizard spell in D and D. She's not that slick. I know what she's doing. Um, she turned I just know Kaloon, Kaloon, whatever, however the fuck you say his name, and Bay the Blood Moon both have technically sound based abilities that they have not used together. Why? Well, one of their powers sucks, honestly. He... <laughs> um, he can mimic anybody's... any sound. I'm like, that's a bad... That's... You literally... I can use a recorder. <laughs> it's a nice trick. It's a nice trick. All gifts are wonderful, but not all gifts are mutant weapons. And that is an important caveat. I think Bay is just very nice for not saying anything. Yeah, because all she has to do is be like, excuse me one second, doom note. Doom note. And I really, I, I want more aspects of Bay discussing the fact that she has a sentient power. There's so many things that just like, 
this comic feels like for a book about the mysteries of magic and magic being this ephemeral force that allows you to do wondrous things that are also horrific um they don't lean into it as much i think maybe someone complained about it in excalibur because they had a lot of wicca elements in it but this book is a journey through the magical and terrible world of the other world and we're not really getting it it's like it should be a book kind of about how mutants are very much in the same vein as that the mysterious other and existing in a world that's meant to be for mysterious others literally called other world and they're being ostracized from it because of Supreme Dickhead Merlin. I don't know. I think the book could be doing a better job with that. How did y'all feel about the Gambit death? Um, it, it, it to me, it, yeah, it, yeah, it didn't, it, it didn't make sense to me, like story wise. It's like it was like you know, because the thing is, like, I, I'm expecting to read a book that's like D and D prophecies, things, all these things coming, magic, and all these things. I'm like nothing was prophesied by his death. It was so out of left field. And it's so weird because we all know, like, and I really think that, like, Gabriel may be reborn through the Siege Perilous or whatever. I think that's the whole point of this. But I just, it just seemed, just, it just seemed ill-placed. I was just like, okay, well, that's anticlimactic. And, like, you know, and, and, and Gambit is, like, not a coward either and not a dummy, but he has enough confidence to know that he can't beat Merlin with, with, with kinetic cards. Your power's not even magic-based. Like, like I, just found, I just found all of that so weird. It would make more sense for like Megan to go against uh, Merlin. Not get, I, it was all so weird. Well, to be fair, all their powers are currently his power with the tarot cards are magic based now because he's pulling from the fact that in other world your powers change to be slightly magical. The card thing is he turns. They haven't done a good job explaining what the card thing is. I see what he's right. doing is like he he turns his power to charge things up into turning it magical. So he's casting spells by throwing the cards. So by casting death, he should have gotten a surefire kill on Merlin. The only issue is that Merlin can't stay dead. And I'm okay. Literally one of his powers. Yeah, he is incapable of dying. In fact, there are multiple Merlins at any given time because he did some weird time-space shit. There's the Merlin that's the Sorcerer Supreme, and then there's the Merlin that's in other world, and they're the same person, but also different people. It's very confusing, and in yeah. fact, it's hurting my brain currently. Um, so, next okay. issue, if we don't get any Apocalypse Kids, I'm going to murder someone. Uh, <laughs> the next Teeny, you know what we want. Good girl, please suck your pussy. Oh, did you, read, did you guys read that last page where it's Apocalypse's note about the Horsemen of Death and, like, the role death plays in the family. Mm -hmm. I felt it was really important because I like that it also feels like Howard addressing why certain, like the the role pe fans have placed on being an Omega level mutant. Uh, and like why Apocalypse never just made his horsemen on all Omega levels. And it was an important little bit of like, death isn't the most powerful mutant on the team, but he has to be someone who has fallen from good, someone who is capable of being good, and someone I struggle with because it's a supernatural role at the end of the day as well. To be deaf is to be my surrogate son, is to be my my heir because you're flawed. And in a bit of it, I kind of felt a lot of what Apocalypse is saying is how he feels about his relationship to Genesis. And like the truth being, like everyone thinks he's such a big bad mutant, but he's like, I'm not my wife. In fact, I was left behind. And like, Therefore, the child who will most reflect me is my weakest child, is death. 
Yeah, it was a very great read, and I appreciate that foreshadowing to something coming with death. However, we had no foreshadowing with, with, uh, with Gambit, so his death was weird as fuck to me. Ouch. Extremely weird. You want to hear? Very weird. We can move along. Cause I, cause I We're going to move really along. Yeah. I'll give my one speculation. I feel like they're going to not use the Siege Perilous. It's too obvious. I think they're going to make uh, Gambit a horseman. Again? Was Gambit a horseman before? Yes, he was. He, I think he was he death. Said it in this was he death? Mm-hmm. He was death. Bring it back. Might as well. It'll be something new for a little uh, bit. All right. He wasn't a drama. death, but like, he was death. No death is great. No death is great. Archangel is probably the best death. Yeah, but that's because he's and iconic. Wolverine. He's the first one we ever came across. You're right. I think Wolverine was the best death, but I digress. Sure. Um, so what's next? New Mutants number 26. Which was actually really good. Yeah, it was. So Judge what's your score? As, Judge as confusing as it was. I gave I, it a nine only I get, because I wanted it to be better. I give it an eight also because I there's things I wanted from it more too as well. Um I gave it a nine. Um That means like such a strict score. <laughs> Cause like it was it was just like I really, I really love uh, old, old, old Lady Magic. Sounds like a stripper name. That's be my stripper name. Old Lady Magic. <laughs> old Magic. Mm-hmm. Old Lady Magic. Coming yeah. to the pole. Old Magic. Well, that is a good stripper name. Hold up. And um, does Magic have a new sword? Right. Yeah. Yeah. She, does. She, she took um Sims soul to make a His soul. soul. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Where's Sapna at? No way. That's, that, that's the one. I asked that. Because she was trapped inside her soul store, her soul sword. So maybe she's free now to be resurrected. I don't know. Oh, wow. You're going to retcon this another year. And like a few months, I'm going to do a retcon where it's like, oh, yeah, actually, she said Sapna free and resurrected her. You would hear but her also, background somewhere. <laughs> but also, Sapna is an IVX um, creation. That we skip over. Listen, listen, listen. Sapna can stay. We need more mutant magic. All right. I agree. And also, she's know. a better omnilinguistic uh, mutant than Cipher is. So we will respect her. <laughs> fair. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought the book was lovely. It was a good time. You had um, Madeline Pryor talking her shit. Uh, mm-hmm. the conversation between them about like why is it that you need me and it was like sis I don't trust you but also I understand you I get it this is what this place needs this is what you need like it was a really altruistic grown folk conversation they were having it's like I don't I don't have quote unquote faith in you I just think I'm done with this place but I don't want to abandon it Um, and so I'm going to give you the opportunity to do better there's no reason not to like, we have Sinister on the council, and yet we're holding you against something. Why? For what reason? Right. Which is, which is, which is immensely bullshit, and I'm glad she recognized that, because I think people realize how dangerous Sinister is on that council, 
I mean, besides Destiny, but like I don't know why he was even given a seat in the fucking first place. And I don't and I don't know why also why Apocalypse didn't clock clock Shay either. Like y'all really like this nigga sit on the council? Well, I mean like like I know I'm evil, evil, but that nigga like I, I know I'm evil with a purpose. That nigga's just like evil without without any intention. Like like what? he's all about self. Yeah, like it's a That's different all situation. Sinister has ever been about self, and Apocalypse knows that firsthand. Yeah, Apocalypse is worried about getting his kids back. That's all he fucking cared about. Yeah, like that's a different situation with, with that's a whole different situation with Sinister's evil versus Apocalypse's evil. Like, 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 like there's a means to an end with Apocalypse. So, like, I get it, especially like now we got more of his character. But like Sinister is just evil, child. That, that, Literally, that Apocalypse being evil, you see an asshole on the camera. Apocalypse being evil is the number one reason why I didn't finish that other Elseworlds comic, um, which was, it was like Mar- the, I forget the name of it, it's a Marvel one that's currently everyone loves. Where oh, Dark Ages? Austin, Dark Ages, yeah. I didn't read Dark Ages because I read the first issue of like Apocalypse Evil. I was like, I feel like I'm a little beyond this now. I'm beyond yeah. seeing Apocalypse as a villain anymore. It made sense in that story. Sort of. In that story, I get it, but I think within my spirit, I was just like, I can't watch Apocalypse doing shit that I now like. You get like the substance of his character now. Like I did all this for my family. Like it, you might not like it. I was very Allison about it. Uh, shout out to Umbrella Academy, but <laughs> he was right. just like, I at the end of the day, I love my family, and I would do whatever God takes to do it. And I also stand for my people more so. You could say for a lot of other people, I'm not lying about it. I will kill every single human on this planet if I can make it a paradise for mutants. I fucks with the vision. It's a wonderful vision. He looked at Magneto and he said, you're not going far enough. Yeah. <laughs> you could do Basically. better, Speedy. You could. Um, very, very um, earnest about it. You know, it's a Thanos. It's like, only, it's like, you know, you're going to kill the universe. Don't just kill half of it. Like, follow through, baby. Kill all these like, motherfuckers. How wonderfully disappointed. It's disappointing. <laughs> <God> <laughs> He said, I didn't know we were raising quitters in this bitch. Like, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for those two niggas to fight. <laughs> They're gonna fuck some shit up. It's gonna be and, you know, your uh, Uranus is gonna uh, be involved in the AX, the Judgment Day. Event. Yeah, and Apocalypse is also gonna stop by. It's gonna be. Oh, I don't know. They're gonna hate each other, or they're gonna. I think. I think Uranus will see it for Apocalypse for a little bit, even though he'll still try to kill him. Mm-hmm. That's so, that you follows through. So, like, so, so, like, so, other than anything else in this book that went on, what did you feel? I, I like. I, I, I'm really curious about this whole like. Is this thing with the with old lady magic like a future timeline or like what is this? So you remember, Limbo doesn't two things. Magic can teleport through time and space, mm-hmm. and Limbo doesn't have a timeline. It's it's out of the the regular timeline, so you can always show up there, and it's at all points in time. Mm-hmm. So when she when future magic teleported there, she just came into limbo, regular from her timeline, and was just in happened to occupy the same space. Got it. Because I was like, what is going on? Yeah, I had to remember that magic can teleport through time, and it's because yeah. she jumps through limbo to do that. She very rarely addresses that she has that ability. Very rarely. 
I think honestly, it's how she originally trained with Doctor Strange. She yeah, she went back, back in time. before the AVX event, uh, introduced herself, and became his apprentice back at his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very, it was a very nice little issue. Uh, I like her training with Doctor Strange. Um, it's also within the Marvel Terret, if you recall, how she went back in time and met Ashaki, uh, Storm's ancestor. Right, I think I saw that. Um, so there's a lot to love within that. I kind of always kind of doze off when the phalanx gets involved. Um, because it don't never make no damn sense. Don't ever make no damn sense, and it's also just annoying. It's like the most least, it's my least favorite aspect of the Marvel, um, the, the X Men lore is the phalanx and Warlock. Um, I like Warlock, I just don't like the phalanx. Uh, it's just very weird, and like, I it was very steampunky how they introduced it here. It was very much, um, uh, Fury Road about it, uh, Mad Max, you know. But see, I have a, I have a soft spot for the phalanx, so you have to forgive me. I kind of like them, niggas. girl. I like the brood, I enjoy uh, the brood. I like brew, I miss that, brew. That makes sense. That explains so much. <laughs> You, wow. You, you, you just you just spread your seed everywhere, Stephen, and taking it over plant is what you do. Oh yes, I do. Swallowing eggs, nasty. I fun. swallow all the eggs, baby. Caviar is delicious. Y'all hear it first. Steven's a swallower here for Coral Radio. Thank you so much. You hear you hear your <laughs> Steven is a but swallower. No, I will stay. Are you guys Spartak and the Shiar? Are you guys following along with the little goblin story? Because I dozed off on it this issue, but it seems like it's going to come in later. It's just, it's just another version of magic story. That's all it is. Yeah, except told in a way that makes you a lot less depressed. Because uh, yes, this issue is really hammering in the horrific. Like I've always said that the subtext of what happens to magic in these stories is so horrific and dis- disturbing that you can't have, help but have a soft spot for her. Um, it's also destroying that mythology that magic is stupid, because she's not. Uh, people seem to think, like, oh, she spelled her name with the K. How dumb is she? It's like, no, she's just schooled differently. She, she, she's actually vastly intelligent. Um, Girl, I heard niggas are not talking. They got, they got kids named Cinnamon spelled with a K. I know they are not talking. <laughs> now, y'all need to cut it out. That is rude. Your name, the K your is silent, B. Right. Your daughter's name is Cinnamon <laughs> with the K. Shut up. Dummies. Go ahead, Steve. Leave man. my little witch alone. Leave my little witch alone. Um, I'm excited to see, to see more. I hope uh, that it just, they do something. I hope they will fuck them up, honestly. I want to see these niggas pay, and I know that Madeline is the girl, because Madeline loves petty vengeance. <laughs> oh, sure my is. girl. She is gitty for petty vengeance out here. Um, but that's all we have to say for New Muties. It's yeah. looking beautiful. Um, it's luckily, it's a very contained story. Out. It's a contained story. You have three characters follow, and their dynamics is really easy. Not three, four characters. And a four-character dynamic, as a writer, I'm going to say it, having four characters to stick with, you can do a lot more with that. Right. You can do so much more with the dynamics. Hey, man. Hey, man. Um, I think potentially they're also going to tie. This is clearly giving me the feelings that they're going to tie in each of these characters' traumas into it. Wolfsbane is getting her child back by the end of this run. She is. And she's going to betray she her is. family to do it. 
<laughs> She's going to betray them wow. to do it. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. She is. Um, right. So, are we on the main X-Men course? Red. We're on to the main course. <laughs> I'm taking my show off of this. We're getting a little sexual. <sighs> now we've had the appetizers. Now it's time for the entree. Child. So we, it's tens across the board, of course. It's right? tens across the board. Ten, ten across the All board. right. Tens across I came the board, by the end right? of this comic. Ten. Ten, ten, ten. Ten, ten, ten. Oof. See how when Bobby's black, he suddenly develops brain cells, right? <laughs> right. So also, Bobby, brown Bobby. Okay, several things. We'll go forward and then backwards. Uh, brown Bobby tricking iska into activating her power on below <laughs> to make sure that magneto won nigga that nigga is smart as fuck i love how like, executed too. i wonder if her power is just like casual let me better it was so beautifully executed yeah i like how it showed itself in a way that it wasn't overt because you could see it and a part of you can still go. Magneto might have won, even if she had to activate her power. Because he was, he came there setting it up. So you can never know was her power like omnipotent in knowing that the situation needed for it to go for her to win, or did something happen in the moment? Mm-hmm. And Aura Serrata just sat there and was like, "I'm judging this." He's like, "I see nothing wrong." <laughs> right. So let me tell Aura Serrata's pronouns correct. Aura Serrata goes by she, her. I was surprised that Vulcan survived first encounter with Tarn by essentially reversing his power back on him and taking his power from him also. But, like, how Magneto beat him surprised me in a way. Because he just was like, helmet, crush your skull. Anybody else have any questions? Right. Because that's the thing people forget. Magneto's best moments is when he's just being creative with his power. He was also in death battle um this last week, fighting old boy from uh Akira. Oh, Tetsuo. Yeah, yeah he beat his that. ass. You always know when an X-Men character is about to win, like in Storm's death battle, where you watch it, you know, they didn't bring up her big feats. Like these are none of her big things. He's like, oh, it's because if you brought up the fact that he pulled a bullet from halfway across the universe you know immediately he's not going to lose this fight. <laughs> you know immediately as soon as you see that. Um, so within this, it, so much happened in just five pages. So much happened in five pages. You went from Storm pulling up on Brand and telling her, I know you're doing something, bitch, and I not, I do not condone it. You have none of my permissions to be here. Uh, to, like, Cable and the talk and, like, our babies all come together and going, we need to do something about Brand because she's on some white people shit, to the inevitability of that fight, which we all know, you're not beating Tarn. You're not beating right. him. You're not that guy. To them, even point out like how much of a stand Tarn is. He's like, he learned something from Storm. He has, he's being cocky. He observed mm-hmm. his weaknesses. He adapted and grew. He immediately was like, I'm not even going to play with my prey anymore. I'm just going to, because Storm taught me, if I do that, I'm going to get fucked up. I'm just going to fuck you up, flat out. From He's like, I went from having no challenges to everyone spilling blood in the water and challenging me. Damn, Storm, you really taught me about myself. You are a goddess. 
Right. That's how you get the girls respect you. You got to beat their ass in front of their mama. Exactly. Exactly. And who's going to check you? No one. To now, people have been debating, been debating Iska's response to what Bobby did. Um, unfortunately, I was semi spoiled on the timelines. People just kept talking about Bobby, and since you see that, you know, or then Bobby did something. Um, but it still didn't ruin the execution of it because it was so subtle. You can feel it coming when he sits down next to him. Uh, when he sits down next to Iska, he goes talk, starts talking to her, and you know. It's also important that last time we had an episode, I pointed out that her power can be cheated. <laughs> we had a whole conversation about it. And the top thing on the list is what happens if you walk up to Iska and you say, I bet you that you'll lose. Does she just blow up? Or like, does she, do you suddenly just go mute, quiet, and dumb? You can't say anything? What's the parameters of her power? Because it sounds like there's lots of ways that it works against her. And I'm happy they finally executed the psychological toll of her power. Because... So what... Part of that also is that she actually cries that Tarn dies. Um, And I had a conversation with a couple people. And I also heard... um, Shout out to Connor Goldsmith on Cerebro (laughs) with his chat with uh, Al Ewing. Um... That like Iska and Tarn were low-key enemies of Araco mm-hmm. for a long time. And so she probably connected with him on that, um, on feeling like ostracized from the rest of Araco because like they legitimately had turned against them. Mm-hmm. Or she turned against them and Tarn always was against them. He was there always their sinister. But this, like, like... So many things boiling under with Iska as a character. I wouldn't mind a solo series just Iska, but probably not gonna get that for three years. But the aspect of her character going like she had to betray her sister, and like she had to betray Apocalypse and all of them, and like the fact like they bring like I remember the swords. And they said like Iska bought swords for Genesis and Apocalypse as wedding gifts, as a clear statement of like they were all fucking close, like they were thick as thieves, and then her power forced her to betray everyone she cared about and like the timeline doesn't explicitly show it but if you look at the timeline she betrayed Araco almost a thousand years before anything went down it was like early on in the war she left and switched sides and then Genesis still kept fighting and so she was perpetually fighting her sister mm-hmm. on the other side there's Tom trifling trifling the trifling trifling husband. it's a trifling power and, like, on the other side is Tarn. And Tarn only respects powerful people. So, of course, him and Esco will get along. Right. And going, like, there's a reason why she never challenged him. It's because she knew how it would go. And so it's a constant betrayal. It's a betrayal of her being on the t- on the, uh, on the council and never challenging Tarn, knowing that she had access to everyone's freedom from him. There's, like, the betrayal of she did all this and never betrayed her sister. And, like, Bobby comes up. And her being cocky, she should have never said anything. But, you know, she's going to be cocky. She can't lose. Telling him her weaknesses to his face. Of course it's going to fucking happen. Of course it's going to fucking happen. And so that death, that kill, was earned. She got her piece. She got it back in blood immediately. Immediately. While we're here and we're discussing um, the Great Ring, um... One of my friends uh, pointed out
pointed out yesterday that we've actually seen the table night on panel before. So there was a scene in, or there was a panel in, I want to say it was Hellions, where um, Idol is presenting to the original, the original's um, Great Ring with mm-hmm. Genesis still on it. And you see in the panel that he's facing, because it's the, uh, the current Idol's father, um, he's facing the nine, but you then when you, then in the next panel, you see Idol with three people seated behind him being the table knight. They specifically mention that everybody on the Great Ring is an Omega, but they don't record the votes and who the people are on table knight, which tells me that possibly Fisher King could be one of the table knight uh, representatives because he has such an important insight into Araco that and why he rolls his eyes at Storm because he's familiar with her from right. meetings. Um, so it's like they're a ghost council. They sit outside. They don't vote. So technically, they're not a part of the Great Ring. No, they probably no. do vote. Mm-hmm. But if you remember um, the seat of history, I forgot which person that is. Is that Lodo? Zylo? Zylo's the seat of history. Oh, it's Zylo. Okay. Um, they, they decide the history. The Table Knights votes are never counted, are never recorded, but they are counted. So it could mean that the seat of history has a double vote, much like the regent does, that their vote is the, their second vote is the vote of table night. Mm, That makes sense. Because I was reviewing uh, the tables um, over the weekend because I have to make a pitch deck for my OC. Uh, the person who's making it has no idea anything about X-Men comics. So I had to make it like, this is Araco, this is the tables, this is how that shit works. And the thing I was looking at, I was like, oh, wait. Several of these seats um, that Storm, like, oversees over there in the table day, these, I'm sorry, it's table dawn. These seats aren't, they aren't delegated to at all. These seats are consulted, and the word, the terminology is, like, underlined. Uh-uh. Table says, dawn is, is, is Iska, Idol, and now Magneto's table. So I'm talking about Storm's table. So okay. that every T in the table is uh, Sabunar, and also sitting there is Zylo, right? Uh-uh, it's Lactuka. Lactuka, all right. I, I'm sorry, Diva, I forgot your, I forgot about you. I'm so sorry, I never do it again. They're not delegated to. And it didn't showcase what that means until we got Orosarada. So Orosarada being delegated and going, I am in charge of all laws, I set the laws, and I enforce that shit. And in fact, I can avoid and miss meetings because I'm overseeing these laws. In times of war, I make decisions about what legal precedence is, and I never sacrifice that power. And I realized, looking at it, that shit isn't the same for Storm's Table. Sabunar and Lactuka don't do shit. They're asked questions, but they're never making decisions like that without getting a vote. So Each table has a head of the table. So we have Storm as the head of Table Day, Iska as the head of Table Dawn, um... I would argue that Zylo and Aura Serata share head of table for Table Dusk. And Zylo table stands in when Aura don't want to be there. Too. Yeah, when Aura don't want to be there, Zylo steps in. And then the Fisher King would, of course, be the other one. But it feels like the night table is in the subtle manipulation. Like, like you're saying, the subtle manipulation of the entire populace. So it's like their X-Force. 
because people look at Fisher King like you don't have a power. And I was like, that's not true. It's just a power you all can't see. And it sounds like a smarter idea to tell everyone he doesn't have a weapon than tell them that his weapon is manipulating you. Because the Fisher King myth, if you know the Fisher King myth, it's a king whose kingdom is cursed so that it, um, as his health fails, the kingdom fails. And as his health prospers, the kingdom prospers. It's a king, it's to call like the best kind of king, a king who's innately connected to the prosperity of its people, but it's also a bad king because a king is supposed to ensure the future of his land. And he's incapable of creating one that lasts beyond him. And it's supposed to be like a parable about the doomed nature of Camelot or something. But like the Fisher King is a person who cannot prosper. Uh, I don't know. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, I saw the preview and it's, I'm happy they're finally getting into it. That Iska is not respected on the council at all. She holds the seat. Nobody can beat her ass. I'm happy she looked at Storm and said, try me then, bitch. And see exactly what's going to happen because the exact thing you think is going to happen is going to happen. Um, the insult of being used like a weapon for something she could have always did but never did it for a reason. Also hitting them with the insult of like, you Krakowans don't die. You come back. You're cowards. You're punks underneath like everything we represent. And so it's not even more insulting that another one of you is on the seat when you ask me to kill Tarn and if Tarn dies, he stays dead. Allegedly. He's their sinister. He's coming back. Yeah, there's no way that they're going to let Tarn be dead. He's too fun, too good of a villain. He's too fun. Yeah, <laughs> he's way too fun. He's going to come back and start some shit. I just wonder what would happen if Idol and Destiny were in the same space together because I know Destiny and uh, Blindfold can't be in the same space together. I think fundamentally, Idol's power works differently. I'm happy he finally explained how her power worked through possibilities. Um, because it seems like Destiny sees possible futures. Uh, Idol seems to be seeing choices and the ramifications. Uh-huh. And those are two different powers. It's like, one, I know what's the chances of something happening based on the events that I see around me immediately. And also, it didn't seem Destiny can see beyond the moments that she exists. Like, I don't know if... She, if I, I think... It's confusing. That aspect used to be part of her power. It was like Destiny can only see the future where she's immediately in the vicinity of what's going on. And I think no, they got retconned. Her diaries wouldn't have made sense. Yeah, it, it seems like they got retconned a bit. Or like she, no, she says in the issue that like the closer she is to the situation, the more clarity she has around it. The further out she goes, it's like any old thing. Whereas Idol seems to be able, like I could tell you the ramifications of a truth, of a choice immediately upon knowing what things you want to ask me it's going to happen so if you it's like old chick from twilight um alice and she was like i can't see something because she's not making any decisions she's going aimless there's no decisions being made but the moment she makes a decision i'll know exactly what's going to happen one is timeline based one is person based um so i don't know i'm excited to see them debating because the Great Ring never seems to debate before. They're not a lot of talking motherfuckers. They don't like to talk. Mm-mm. They like to throw mm-hmm. hands and like... They, they call for the question immediately after a motion is made. I move. All right, are we voting or no? 
I'm like, okay, girl. Is it a huh? vote? Can we discuss this? I know exactly where I'm voting. I came here with my knowledge when I'm voting. Uh, and I don't give a fuck what anyone else has to say. It's either going to happen or it's not. Either it is or it isn't, or we can fight about it. I don't know. I think Brand plotted this, though, because it feels like the action of what Bobby did has benefits to Magneto, but because Bobby is an agent of Storm, like, I feel like it was a very cowardly decision to do. It undermined everything. Right. It it instantly, like, what Bobby did. But Bobby... But uh, Brown Bobby does that, so that that's how he operates. He destabilizes the government. He, he undermines, yeah. He undermines what someone else is doing, so that what he's doing makes sense and works. Now that he's dead, I think maybe they'll probably ban him from from Morocco because they're probably going to. I feel like they're going to pass a law that's like if you die on Morocco as Krakowin, you can't step foot here again. Because I feel like that's the fair thing to say underneath what they're, we know their shit is about. It's like, as a Krakoan, if you come here and you mess with our systems and you're on our planet and you we know and we accept that death is final and you are insulting by dying and challenges and doing shit and thinking you can step foot here, I wouldn't let that shit slide neither. If I was over Sarada, I'm so, like, it's not fair to say that you accept our ways, but then you are still using resurrection protocols when the consequence for any of our shit is death. Right. So it feels like how they feel about Vulcan the Vulcan is not going to be allowed back there. Brown yeah, Bobby is going to be allowed. But that's going to be there. a problem because Vulcan not going to do what anyone says. He's going to show they're up there and try to fight people. Mm-hmm. And he don't fuck with Krakoa. He gonna come to. He, said he refuses to be on the island, but do, do, you're going to be on the island when you resurrect. So, and Vulcan is the one you don't want to talk with because Vulcan could blow up planets, and that's not fun. Vulcan, Vulcan can make plants go boom. So I'm excited for the next issue. I can't wait. I I hope they open with a backstory of Iska um, and explaining to us her, her tragic fate because it's very important that we don't call her power a weapon. I mean, a gift. Her power is a curse. And it seems like it's a blessing when really it isn't. And I'm happy that that, dy- that dynamic with Storm is being shown more because... Is important, is beautiful, and I like the statement about Magneto where like Bobby is like, You're my hitmaster. And truth is it's true. Chuck wasn't there for them. Magneto was. The, the new mutants were headed by Magneto. Magneto. And he's like, I know and more than cable anyone. Randomly? Cable randomly. It's a very jaunted situation. For I think cable, they're gonna start an Xavier Institute on Iraqo though. Because cable led X Force. And Sunspot was was a member of X Force. Cable led the New Mutants before they became X Force, but he was their leader as they became X Force. Yeah, it's just wonderful. I love this issue. I love the lore. I love the names that we're getting for powers. I love that we now understand when all challenges a lot more, um, or challenged by insult. That's what she called it. You yeah. disrespected her in tone, if not action, and therefore you need to die. I'm gonna say something really shady. Um, shout outs to Cora, the Burning Heart, for giving us the real tea. The only Cora that matters. Uh uh-uh, uh 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 uh. We're Are you disrespecting that. my we'll avatar? That, but we're not gonna do that. I'm just. We're not gonna do that. I'm just. We're not you're disrespecting that. my avatar. Okay. The only Cora that matters. The only Cora that's, that's clocked in. Listen. Now I hope Chick drowns. 
Wow. Wow. So we're going to talk about X-Men next? We're talking about X-Men next. We're going to go on with our little show? We're going to move on with this shit because, listen, I felt something insulting on my tongue about Transformers just because I know that is where your heart lies. Um, I don't like, so, I like, I like that, that, that young lady who... Listen, you see me in my timeline. You see me every single thing I could say about Aang, that he's selfish, that he's self-centered, that he's responsible for all the death and duplicity, that he left his DL trade to grow old alone. Boomy didn't deserve that. Boomy didn't deserve that. Boomy did not deserve Aang, that. Aang wanted a family with, with a cis woman. He did not want to be a faggot the rest of his life. Just like Roku. I'm just saying. Just like his predecessors, just like Avatar Roku. Avatar Roku was like, you know what? I had the gay lifestyle when I was Kiyoshi. I had my little Fire Nation wife. I don't need to do it again. I don't need to do it again. Fuck you, Sozin. Except um Sozin was his his half boyfriend anyway. It was his boyfriend. That's why he out like I made a TikTok about this explaining like the whole precipice of what happened. So literally because Sozin could not have Roku. And because it hurt him what happened, he literally outlawed homosexuality to Fire Nation afterwards. After he killed Roku, he outlawed homosexuality in Fire Nation. That shit was funny. Let's move on. We gotta move quickly. <laughs> All right. X-Men number 12. Tens. <laughs> Tens. 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 I give it a 9.5. Oh, bitch. Electric Abundance would be having your ass right now. Really? Why? What was the point five? Well, what's the point five, girl? Give it up. Give it. Give it up, delicious. What was the point five? Um, it felt like a wrap up, and I wanted like more. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking petty. Uh, <laughs> leaving the team except Sink and the Scots and the Summers. We get okay. Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. X. The actual Mr. and Mrs. X. Okay. Um, and we get Sink, who's there. I feel like it's a throuple now. I feel love, like this is a throuple sync. situation definitely happening. Love Sink. Sink is fantastic. I would like to see the Summer's Gray family leave. I don't want go them where, leave. though? I don't want them to leave. Rogue can also go. Yeah, I'm not bad Polaris about Rogue leaving. She can do shit. Polaris, she needs to go do... She needs to go... What? She needs to go get... A job, I think, right? Put Sunfire on X-Men Red. Thank you so much. Which is happening. But, um... Sunfire is going to sit next to X. Just give us Gen X and, like, three others. They're sending Sunfire to Knights of X, and they're going to put him in a samurai fit. I promise you they will. No, they're sending Sunfire to X-Men Red. That's definitely happening. I thought they were sending him to go get um, Red Root. No, so he has to go to Otherworld. Oh, uh, maybe that is a possibility. He has to go to Otherworld to go get her. Unless they give him his own annual x Red where he goes on his own mini-adventure where he's, like, trying to go hunt her down. But, like, literally, um, old dude who's Mad Jim Jaspers is the main focus of Knights of X right now, and they're going to go rescue him. And like literally, he has ownership of Red Root. I'm okay. No, it's, thank you. No, thank you. It's it's going to happen I'm sorry. though. It's... I, I love 
of this X-Men team. Like, I love everybody on this team. I love it all. Like, even the moment when, like, Ro kisses Jean for her abilities and, like, that, like, the whole issue was hot. The whole issue was hot. Like, it we was such touched, a cute moment. We, we haven't touched on uh, Club's Sinister. We haven't got there yet, but everything was, the like, Sinister lit. of Club's? Yeah, Sinister of Club. We haven't, we haven't got there yet, but I will say that everything was, like, super, like, that whole, that whole everything, that battle on on a uh, game world, yo. When I tell you, everybody was clocked in. That shit was like fire. Like, uh, that shit. That shit was. That shit was everything. Like when when Rogue and Gina sharing abilities, and like Polaris is there. Like like I think Polaris has such great growth on the team as being like the snobby bitch of the team because like look, I got all these degrees and I'm better than you bitches. And I drink my coffee more. You bitch, you made me spill my coffee. We have a problem. Now I gotta fuck you up because you just spilled my coffee. Oh, like I was, I was living, living for Polaris on the team. I was living like, and then because like I know that somebody, I knew Sapphire was leaving ultimately because it was like kind of alluded to because he moved to Morocco, and then I know that the, that the fan vote is coming, so I knew somebody was leaving. I thought the more likely be Sunfire, but I didn't know everybody's gonna fucking quit the team. I think this is the only way they can prevent us from burning down the X office (laughs) is if they let the top three people in because Polaris is going. I was like, who's going to replace me for that energy? Monet. (laughs) Monet St. Croix is the only replacement. Monet makes more sense as a replacement for Rogue. For both Rogue, but in in personality type, right? And also, she does make a good replacement for for, for Polaris and she's also telekinetic. I'd be forgetting she's telekinetic sometimes, but she's telekinetic. Uh... Is she? Yeah, she's what? telekinetic. She never uses it. She used it like one time. She's telekinetic. <laughs> I thought it was just implied that her powers work because of telekinesis, it's, but she doesn't use it like she's very Superman like. Yeah. It's an internal telekinesis rather than an external telekinesis. It's like how Superman has an electromagnetic solar power field around his body that gives him everything. So basically, she has this telekinetic one. Um so yeah, fundamentally, Monet is telling she, she she and that's been volume four, but she's first the first issue she's introduced. She releases like a telekinetic wave from her hands to blow up cars. Like because the thing is that like it's because like Superboy, not not Jonathan Kent, Connor Kent in the comics. Tactile telekinesis. Yeah, he has tactile telekinesis. So it's like he uses it to fly. But I think like, mm-hmm. but like I, I actually, I don't know if y'all saw the tweet about me discussing who's leaving, who should replace who, amongst the people who were like selected for the X Men vote. But it's and then somebody, somebody mm-hmm. told me, well, so I said that the four people that are gone, since Rogue is gone, Monet should replace Rogue, Gentle should replace, um, Wolverine, uh, Surge should replace, um, Polaris. <laughs> And, you said surge? Yeah, to replace Polaris. The racist? Yeah. <laughs> they need something, they need they need something great. Something messy. And um Firestar is gonna replace Sunfire. That's just that 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 husband's gonna be on the team. We already know that that's that them them white folks voted for that woman to be on that team. Um Can I make a suggestion? I agree with everything you just said. I think instead of Surge, they should be prodigy. It's, it's, was they Prodigy, need a tech person. Was Prodigy a part of the vote, though? Bling. Bling was, Yeah, Bling though. was a part of the vote. That's why I'm really curious. Like, are they pulling from the vote? Did the anyone vote? care about voting for Bling, though? Some did, because she's a, a black uh, woman. non-human passing black 
Yeah, I, I guess I agree with that. There needs to be I more uh, physical mutations. I didn't vote for her because I don't see it for her. However, I... She's Blue Ivy, you know, but not actually because yeah, they didn't really parents, know anything about Miss Ivy. Her parents are, are, rapper, are, are, are musical celebrities. So she is child. She better be lucky we couldn't get Oya. She definitely Oya was on the list. I'm sorry, girl. <laughs> I just don't like. I really don't get why they dropped the entire team. This is going to be a seasonal event. They were always changing team members around the Hellfire Gala, and then secondarily, my thing also is if that's the case, it is going to be a thing where like the thing they all say, like you say to me anytime, say to me, my X Men girl, I'm there. But if this is going to be a thing of like the X Men are going to be like this this team of like a bunch of people, or are they going to be petty and create like a second book of like West Coast X Men to be spiteful towards the the Avengers, which is a possibility, which I would like to see in in in, in Lamert Park. In Lamert Park, I would like a treehouse with the X Men West shade, but true. I hate that concept, but sure. I hate it too, but. If you if, you, if we gonna be refreshing the team every twelve months, because this is this is the twelfth issue, if we'll be changing the team every twelve months, I need to know now. I don't think they're going to. I think they found out who what characters with a heart that everyone loved, and it's of course Gene Psych is going to be Scott Gene, and it, apparently it was like everyone fucking loves Sync. Is this the truth? People fuck with Sync. Sync is just a good character here, and he has so many different dynamics, even down to when he looked. Uh, that monster in the eye, he was like, please, I've been Wolverine longer than any of you motherfuckers alive. Like, I've been doing this. He talks his shit, and, like, he makes good, interesting, like, all the drama in the book was coming from him. Uh, the wow. drama of Wolverine, like, these three characters just feel like they're the good, solidified replacements, and maybe they'll start attacking on more people who stay, but, like, it feels like in the election coming up, it's going to be a statement that the X fans love these three to revolve around. And so we're just going to introduce characters who might just complicate things. Like I can see Surge a bit because Surge has been villainized to a point that if she joins the team, she will be the drama. Um, I think there will also be drama with Monet and Sink, seeing as how they previously dated. Yeah. He is now very much so into Laura. Exactly. There's a storyline. But I don't want them to paint. I don't want them to paint Monet as like the hussy. Right. Just like, the Jezebel. Do that. That's the Again. Jezebel where you're a black person, the Jezebel character. I Again. don't like that. I don't like that. Then, Again. <laughs> it happened before. And the thing also, too, is like we know where Sunfire is ultimately going. We kind of know where Rogue is going. But where are they placing Polaris and Wolverine now? And I and I will say, the one thing I will say that was great about the Inferno event was the Wolverines as a team. That I enjoyed mm -hmm. seeing. So if we got that again... I would I would like the Wolverine book to literally yeah, just be the Wolverine, the Wolverine yes, family. Yes, say that, friend. And we have stories about the 16 different Wolverines yes. that there are, rather than always giving us Logan, because Logan, frankly, so, like Because like Wolverine is our last book to review, y'all, and we're going to be very succinct and quick, because we don't care about her. So fast. So fast, sweetie. Blinky, you'll miss it. Uh, oh, maybe Polaris I'm, is going I'm, on the X-Force. I'm going to say something mean, but I'm, I'm being recorded right now. <laughs> I was say quickly some of y'all favorite porn stars erection. I was going to name a name, but I but I want to I want to shake the girls up too much. 
You can name multiple ones and you'll be correct. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's so many different. Um, I mean, if you're gonna do it's too gay for pay, if you're gonna do great for pay, make sure you can keep it hard. The girls aren't doing gay for pay. They really sissies. They can't keep their dicks hard. Especially that's the coke. Uh. <laughs> Not just the coke. <laughs> <laughs> um, fundamentally, oh, these are helpful. Oh, 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 we didn't talk about it. Sinister of clubs. Ooh, royal honey. I, I, I still got some of my sister. My dick has been all the chain. I, I <laughs> we saw earlier when we saw your boat. It is everywhere. I can't control it. I have why I hate Royal Honey because it takes so long to wear. So, like, what I started doing Showtime is that now I take half a packet, so it'll it won't last as long. But you take a whole packet, that's forty eight hours of like dick problems. Mm. Okay, I don't I don't have weekends off. Okay, I don't have two days in a row off usually, so I can't do that Showtime. So like, I have to like take it in doses. You're gifted with weekends off. I don't have that. And I, and, and, and I know it's like very classist of you to remind me that I have to work weekends. I didn't remind you or say anything. You said it with your... You, you have on a fucking shirt that says the rich uncle. Fuck me. My fucking shirt says Rome because <laughs> I'm a faggot. And you have the nerve... Yeah, I'm wearing a tank top. Right, like a slut. And a silver chain. Yes, just like a slut. Thank you for coming to the party finally. Like it's it's right there on the label. Um fuck. I can't remember what the fuck I was even saying. Oh, we were talking about Sinister of Clubs. Or Essence of Clubs. I'm trying to figure out which one sounds better. Ooh. Neither. They just sound like trash. Wow. Wow. The light skin He is trash. Actually, the light skin force is large in you today. Well, there is always things that are large in me today. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't believe that he is really the original Essex. Sinister's not that dumb. I don't either. There's no such thing I as an original he Essex. He made it back up, or he's the the one. He's the the sin the non mutant sinister. The mutant sinister killed, but didn't kill. Hmm. Yeah, because like, all right, so. I'm really curious where that's going to go. Um, I'm really curious where that's going to go. Um, mm. All right. So, final scores for Wolverine. Also, just throw it out there. We're not going to touch on anything because nothing was of interest, really. Um, gowns. Beautiful gowns. Um, what happened? Four. No, what's the lowest score that Legendary would give out? A three. Yes. Four. House of Light. Three. <laughs> uh, a three. Yes. I necessarily don't hate Wolverine, but I love the foreshadowing of this danger thing and, and, and to go back to the Institute, so I gave it a seven. I still have to stick with a three. I'm sorry. I love danger. I was so excited. I was like, oh, danger. I'm now interested in it. And like the only reason it's getting four points out of me, and those all four of those points go to danger. Danger was the moment. Danger was the moment. Danger was the moment. Danger was the moment. Baby, ba- baby, danger was the moment. I still want an explanation because it is like the thing is like I'll say this about any book that I read, and I will say that this book. I hate to say this. I may not have the score wrong. Wolverine was a better book for me this this week than Nice of X was. 
Um, but I think because Wolverine, I think because I'm overall just tired of the of Wolverine supremacy to try to make us like a thing. Like Wolverine's not fetched, stop trying to make it happen. But I do love that they are like as we looking forward to the next issue. Nice of Exo was not looking forward to the next issue. Like I want to see like why are they at the Xavier Institute? What the fuck is Danger up to? Maverick, why why are you such a maverick for Sarah Palin? I don't like you, ma'am. I need to figure out what's going on. Like, what's the tea? Like, I'm really curious. I'm invested, which is the terrible part. I'm not invested in, in Nights of X at all. And that's the problem with Nights of X is that I think the moment that Emma kind of clarified, like, truth be told, nothing that happens here really matters. Right. Um, it lost a lot of the stakes. And I think they need to refine the stakes real fast. Um, like, yeah, you might lose Otherworld, but with other, what is Otherworld connected to? Right. Like, what things are at risk if we don't get Otherworld back? Right. And we need to get to the fucking point because I really don't know where we're going and why we're here. And it's very confusing. With Wolverine, I know that I know the story plot. Like, I know what's going on. I know what we're working towards. But when it comes down to, you know... I don't know what's going on. Like, I, I really don't know what's going on. And I'm really trying to be fair, but I really don't know what's going on. I really don't know what's going on. I really don't like that buzz. Child. But anywho, that's all we have for this week. And next week, I was looking. There are no X-Men comments dropping. No, it's just X-Force oh, and X-Men Red. Unless I'm reading the X-Force, high. X-Men Red coming out next uh next Unless week. Unless I'm high, let me look again. I'm looking mm-hmm. right now. Let me look again. I just checked on the website and like it's showing nothing. <laughs> it's, it's Darth Vader, Venom, Obi-Wan, Iron Man slash Hellcat annual number one, and Thor. I see which <laughs> I see in my comic book store. I see Sabretooth. Come on. I see Sabretooth and X-Force and, and X-Men Red. Damn, maybe there's something wrong with the website. Because I'm on the release calendar for Marvel. And I'm only seeing that's... I'm not even seeing that stuff for next week. I see Legions of X for, for in two weeks. I see... Maybe it's updating the website. But I also finally see Strange Academy back. And Black Panther coming back. I thought they canceled um, Strange Academy, to be honest. No, I think it was just on hiatus. Like, they still have one final issue left, and then they come back for the second semester, which mm-hmm. is their volume two, semester two. Uh, next week is X-Men Bread, X-Force, and Sabretooth. All right, so we do have comments. Good. Thank y'all for double-checking, because that thing I was just pulling up was not showing it. So we're super excited to see the perky titties of the X-Men. Um, yeah, we are. We have another X-Men Red book next week, so this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. I can't wait even. Um, Marvel, if you're listening, make sure you turn some of these Elseworlds you showed us in, in the Immortal X-Men into maybe a novelization. I'll read it. I'll read it. You know what they should do? You know what they should do? Ten Lives of Mora. And do the other timelines. They you are know, exclusively tied to her. Yeah. You know, Al Ewing was was booked to write the Mora book. You remember they announced that way, 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 way back? Yeah. He was originally booked to write the Mora X book, and he was going to write the sixth life of Mora, the one that, like, radicalized her to start killing the trash. Assassin Myra. Probably trained by the hand. I feel like she was probably trained by the hand. I know she probably out like, went to Japan on her Betsy shit. 
That's some Gaelic right. kung fu. But all right, thank you guys for stopping by with us. We always love for your visit. Please come to Hello KRK Radio on Twitter and be on the lookout for any news that we might have for you. Make sure you have your money in the road because we will be taking it. Thank you. Love you all. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye.